I now have a platform where I can shine light on these people who, you know, have great things to say, who want kids to know different experiences as well. Because just as much as I, I love that BIPOC children can see themselves in these books, it's important for non-BIPOC children to see the other experience. Hey there, Story Sister, and welcome back to episode 65 of the Power Your Platform podcast. So in today's show, I'm pulling up a chair to chat with Michelle McDonald, who's an amazing mom and the creator of a children's storytelling YouTube channel, which she built from scratch without any previous training. In this interview, Michelle and I talk about how she uses her YouTube channel to promote the important message about diversity and inclusion in children's literature. We also talk about how she did it and the challenges that she's had to overcome along the way. I hope that you'll stick around right to the very end of today's episode because that's when I'll be sharing my top 10 takeaways from my conversation with Michelle. And I'll also be posting those same takeaways inside our free Power Your Platform Facebook group. So be sure to join us there after the show. You can just click on the show notes for the direct link. All right, are you ready to get started? If so, grab your favorite beverage and make yourself comfortable because it's time to dive in. Welcome to Power Your Platform, the podcast for women who are building bold story brands. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. Each week, we'll explore big ideas about brand building and shine a spotlight on courageous women just like you who are owning their story, following their purpose, and changing the world. Whether you're a story starter, a story builder, or a story pro, this podcast is for you. I'll help you move your mindset from uncertain to unstoppable and provide you with the storytelling tools you need to make a real impact. Because we all have a story to tell, and somewhere someone is waiting to hear yours. Join us each week for inspiring interviews, aha moments, and step-by-step action plans that will provide the framework to help you create your very own purpose-driven platform. Are you with me? All right, it's time to power up. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Power Your Platform podcast. I am so delighted to have you with us today. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Well, you've been doing some pretty incredible things with children's books, uh, intersecting with diversity and inclusion. And I'm so excited to share your story with our audience today. Tell us a little bit about the path that led you here. Well, it's a good story. <laughs> so I have two kids now, um, but back when I started the, the channel, um, I just had my first son and um, was on mat leave with my, my daughter, so my second child. And we were going to our local library for their story time. And I was listening to these stories with my daughter and the facilitator was really engaging and was such a good time to be out with my my baby and exposing her to stories and literature at a young age, which is so important. Um, and I, I just noticed that in the job that I do professionally as a child protection worker, 
not all the kids that I meet with have that experience of actually going out to a library, seeing what that's like, seeing books on shelves, and actually hearing books read to them. So um, I was just thinking like, that's really a, such a bonding time that I had with my own child and that these kids weren't getting that. Um, and then add to that, I, was, I would watch my three-year-old, three, four-year-old on, on an iPad all on his own on YouTube, watching all these different videos of things that weren't always educational or helpful for him, <laughs> but he was able to access that on his own. So the idea just came to me to make a channel where kids could access um, someone reading to them, even if it wasn't their own parent. And even if it wasn't like in person and like they're up in my lap, but I want to make that kind of environment for kids um, to connect with stories. Uh, Michelle, I love it. And I love that as a mom, you didn't look around and say, I wish that someone would create a YouTube channel with you know diverse <laughs> and inclusive books, but rather you're like, I'm gonna do that. What do you think it was that made you step up and into that role rather than waiting for someone else to? That's so funny you ask that because sometimes I think back and I'm like, that's not even your personality, Michelle. <laughs> like, why did I do that? I think it must have just been the right time because, yeah, like my personality would have been to just like, oh, let's see what else is out there and kind of go with what, what I could find. But something inside of me was, it was just the right time where I was like, let me look into this. And, and really it was kind of learning as I go. Cause I had no idea. I'm not a social media person. So I was just like, okay, I see my son on YouTube. So that seems to be very accessible. I guess people just throw up like record videos, throw it up there and see what happens. So kind of followed suit. And I hope over time that has become more, um, I've gotten better at putting out, um, content that kids would really connect with. So um, yeah, YouTube, I guess, kind of came to me in that way. Wow. And what has some of the feedback been? Because I know that you have hundreds of subscribers. I'm not sure how many videos you've put out at this point. Do you recall? Is It's over 100, I think, at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I'm nearing 200. So I'm wow. at just at one, just over 180 at this point. So what's um, some of the feedback you're getting from whether it's the parents or maybe even the grandparents and the kids? No, I'm glad you asked that. It's, um, it's again, it's kind of sobering because, um, again, you put out content and you just hope that it connects with people. And I find that um, even more recently, there's been more of that positive feedback. Um, just, I think it was just yesterday, there was a post on one of my videos saying, hey, we love what you're doing. Um, keep it up. My kids love watching and I love watching. Um, one of the ladies, kind of an, an adult, <laughs> actually was saying, oh, I grabbed my blanket and I curled oh. up and I watched a bunch of your story time videos. Oh. I was like, oh, that's cool. And she's like, I don't have kids. <laughs> the kids weren't that's watching with me. <laughs> um, and then even authors, like people reaching out, like that's starting to pick up two people um, looking me up on Instagram and just reaching out, sending me a DM saying, Hey, we love what you're doing. How do I get my, my book on there? So it's really been really encouraging actually to get that feedback. Cause yeah, when you start, you have no idea where it will end up and it's ending in a great place. And I'm looking to do more. <laughs> 
I love that so much. And I can totally relate to the woman who was pulling up the blanket and watching your channel because I too love children's books. And I, I think that sounds just a really cozy activity for a winter afternoon. <laughs> so let me ask, because you talked about authors reaching out to you. And I know that your heart is really supporting and promoting BIPOC authors, which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So tell us a little bit more about that in your work. Yeah, so 100%. So for sure, as a Black woman um, and having children um, who are growing up in a primarily white um, community, um, ensuring that they have access to books that represent who they are is a hundred percent close to my heart. It's so important that they see themselves in the books that they read. So um, similarly for other communities that don't often see themselves in the books um, is right down my alley as far as making sure that that is accessible. Because I think one of the things that led me to um, kind of promoting um, independent Black authors, BIPOC authors, um, was that, you know, we, we know the big names, right, that we know Robert Munch. Um, so when you go to the library, you'll go, oh, yeah, I, know, I want Robert Munch, but people won't know some of these other names, like Yolanda T. Marshall. Um, she's a Canadian Black author, but you may not know her. Um, so I said, I now have a platform where I can give shine light on these people, um, these authors who, you know, have great things to say, who want um, kids to know um, different experiences as well. Because um, just as much as um, I, I love that um, BIPOC children can see themselves in these books, it's important for non-BIPOC children to see the other experience, right, um, and make that normal. So it's okay to be different and ex accept and respect those differences and not make the person feel like an other. I love that. And when you're talking about using your platform to get this message out, that's really at the heart of what Power Your Platform is all about, is saying, you know, we as women so often have these messages to share, but often we'll either, you know, wait for someone else to do it, or we're not sure how to proceed next. But you decided to just jump onto a platform, like you said earlier, you didn't really have any experience with. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, first of all, why YouTube? Why was that the right fit? And I agree it is. Um, but why did you gravitate to YouTube right away as your platform of choice? Well, I think that was mostly because that's what it was in my face with, um, again, with my son, Elijah, um, accessing that on his own, almost. <laughs> um, I saw that he, he was on there. He was able to kind of um, go to different videos independently, and he was just four, right? So I think, you know, for the little ones who are able and sometimes are kind of left to their own devices, <laughs> um, and checking out videos on their own, if it was so easy for him, then I, I figured it would be easy for others. And yeah, on video is obviously catching and everyone likes to sit and watch a screen, but if it can be educational and helpful for their own education and their literacy skills, then it was a bonus that we can kind of make it positive screen time um, yeah. if they're watching a story, yeah. That makes so much sense. And I mean, it's free, it's accessible, all of those reasons. It supports the long form content because how long would your videos typically be? Um, and it depends on the length of the story, but anywhere from 
five to upwards of 20 minutes, just mm-hmm. depending on the length of the actual story. But I do try and keep it um, around less than 15 minutes just because of um, kids' attention span. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why also I try and keep it very animated and, and engage with the kids, ask questions so that they can participate, even if it's not um, a give and take conversation, but they can feel that way. I know. And your background is so colorful. You use props. You yourself are so animated and engaging. Um, and it's so again, back to the platform choice, um, of course, this isn't something you can do on, let's say, social media. If we're talking about reading a book to a child, you know, that's why this is such a great choice. Um, a lot of times we talk about platform choices on this podcast. And so tell us a little bit about the learning curve because you hadn't produced any content for YouTube, no. I know. So what, how did you go about it? And what were some of those first steps? Again, if someone's listening, they're like, yeah, I kind of want to do this YouTube thing, but I don't even know where to start. Share with us a little bit of your experience. Well, funny enough, YouTube was my teacher. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, so just like you Google whatever you're thinking of and it spits something out, um, it was kind of that, um, those steps in the early days. Um, And and then you start to kind of be able to refine who you follow, who, who you take kind of tips from. But it was at the beginning, just looking for people who've done it before me, um, so they've kind of done some of the research, they figured out kind of where you can start. Like if you, some of them just say, like, if you only have a cell phone and a window, <laughs> this is how you do it. Um, this is how you set it up. Make sure that the windows behind you when you uh, are not behind you so that uh, you don't look dark. So all those little kind of quick tips to get you started. And a lot of them say, yeah, you can start with our, a smartphone. And mm-hmm. as you kind of grow and are able to invest in it more, then you kind of up your game, right? You have the tripod or you have um, the lighting system or you have the recording system to help with your audio. So it was a lot and it was a huge learning curve. That's absolutely because there's a lot of watching things, re-watching things, a lot of like hard nights where I'm thinking, okay, maybe this isn't going (laughs) to isn't going to work after all. Um, Just pack it up. Um, But, you know, you persevere through those things and I think it taught me a lot that I have that strength inside of me to keep going. Um, Again, looking back, I'm coming up to three years in May and I'm like, I can't believe, you know, I stuck with it and I can't believe that people are following all these things that you think, okay, I'm just going to put up. You don't know who it will resonate with. And, and people are saying, yes, it it is resonating with me and my kids love it. And it's filling a gap. It's filling a really important gap. And so I love what you talked about starting messy because you don't have to be a professional. And and so many women that I know are waiting for that perfect video until they launch it or the perfect graphic. And I love that you just jumped right in and, and saw the need and responded to that rather than being held back by, you know, this idea of it has to be perfect, first of all, and just using the simple tools the free education, I mean, there is nothing we can't learn today on the internet. That's at right. Least to get started, right? <laughs> that's right. And so that's incredible. Three years later, here you are still going. Now, let me ask you about your, your jingle, your little promo, which is so catchy. And everyone has to go click on the show notes today, <laughs> subscribe to this YouTube channel, and watch as many of these videos as you want, yourself or with children. Um, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, so where did that jingle come from? Because I was, you know, I love that how it starts off every time. Yes. So 
again, like I think things fall into place. Like when you put it out there, people come to you. <laughs> so um, what was it about a year ago now? I was thinking, oh, it'd be nice to have some music to go along. Because again, what draws in kids, what catches their attention? And lo and behold, my sister, um, her partner um, does that on the side. He does music. Wow. <laughs> so, and composes and he's amazing. So that's a good plug. His yeah. <laughs> contact information is in the description of every video. Um, but yeah, so I reached out to him. I said, hey, this is kind of like the idea I have in my head. This is kind of the feel I want for um, the intro. And um, I mean, he went above and beyond and did lyrics to go with it, kind of based on what also what I want for kids to be like, oh yeah, reading is fun and um, it's all in a book. So uh, that came together so perfectly because when it was sent to me, the final, I was like, that is exactly what was in my head. <laughs> like the feel such, of the beat. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just such a perfect little kickoff. And so high five to um, your sister's partner and for, for you for recognizing that that would add just that element of fun. And I love the children's voices in it. So absolutely incredible. Um, this, this YouTube channel now I know has opened up some collaboration opportunities uh, with the local library in your city. Um, I know you and I have worked together before as well to you know, increase your profile and get you some media coverage as well, which hopefully has you know, pulled some more eyeballs to the YouTube channel. I know you're also collaborating with a local radio station. So tell us a little bit about how this has started to snowball. Wow, that's, <clears throat> that's right. Um, again, not where I thought I would be when I started putting videos up on YouTube. But um, yeah, one thing leads to another. So the radio connection, um, um, Island Radio 101.3. So I have um, Ruthie's reading room is on every Saturday morning at nine. Again, reading stories to kids. Um, and that connection came through a coworker, um, someone who wasn't was aware of my channel and her partner was um is part of the radio station and said hey we've been looking for content forever how come you didn't tell me about her and but the timing was right when it did come about and last february um i started um that that collaboration where um every week since then i've been doing story time there so that that was great like reaching uh, a different audience right People who still listen to the radio um, can hear You're stories out there. as well. Yes, they are. <laughs> that's right. And there's a great support for local radio. So yes, I is. mean, I think that's awesome. Local local radio is alive and well. I love it. That's right. <laughs> and what about the public library? What are some things you're doing there? So um, the Lennox and Addington libraries, as long as well as the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, um, both systems, I'm doing um, Ruthie's Reviews and Recs. So, so I review books from uh, books by diverse authors um, uh, from their library catalog. So um, once a month, I will review one or two books per, um, per episode and just go over some of like the highlights of the book, maybe the take home message, um, and then just give them a rating. Uh, on my own rating system. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I mean, these collaborations, like you said, just sort of started to come to you as you move forward. And 
you know, again, I talked to some clients who try to plan all the steps out, not realizing that it's when you take the first step and the second step that suddenly people start putting up their hand and getting involved because, you know, don't we all want to be that person? That's the action taker, right? And so we don't all do it. And so when we see the action takers around us, I think we know how hard it is, Mm -hmm. especially if we've had an experience at some point and we want to support that, right? And I think people really discount the fact that, you know, if you, if you start something and it's truly from a, a good place and it's something that the world needs to hear, people will step up and you'll yeah. be amazed at how your network starts to work for you. <laughs> That's right. Because there's times when, when I look back, I'm thinking, how did I even get connected to this person or how did they hear about me? But then like in the background, you don't know like what conversations are happening. One comment about, hey, I, I heard Ruthie's reading room or she read at the local library or she did this. And and yeah, and then my name gets brought up and I don't, yeah, eventually I don't even know how you got connected, but thank you for <laughs> reaching out. That's how it works. That's how it how works, it works, honestly. So let me ask you, what do you, what do your kids think about all of this? Are they, um, you know, top subscribers are they <laughs> are they still of the age where they're engaged with this youtube channel they are i mean they they're funny they they understand that mom is ruthie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they but still sometimes they'll watch and be like oh look at this mom I'm like yeah and we also read in real life too like i'm That's right. but i read as mom so they, they do enjoy it. They, they, they love the song. It's, it, that was one of, like, they were one of my first testers of like, what do you guys think of this? And, you know, the, especially Ruthie's reading room, yeah. they love that. So um, yeah, they definitely are fans. I think sometimes, especially my son is a little bit like, I don't know about this because he's more of the cautious kid, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, my mom does this. And it's like, she reads books to kids and me. <laughs> Wow. Incredible. There's such a value that they're going to grow up with valuing those same thing you're talking about, not just the literacy, which is so important in itself for families to encourage literacy. And of course, uh, family literacy day does fall in this month of February. So that's so exciting. Um, but also the fact that, you know, just the underlying values of diversity and inclusion and representation, which is so absolutely crucial as well. So, Tell us what's next. What are you planning? What's coming up? Share a little bit with us what we can look forward to. So in planning, of course, with the new year, I've been thinking ahead of what, um, where Ruthie's will go. Um, And of course, it's that those nerves actually say it out loud. (laughs) But um, I've I've honestly been thinking a book series to start writing my own children's books. So... (laughs) That would be, again, another dive into a world that I don't know. Obviously, I read books and read kids books. So I have a good variety of, you know, types of books, rhyming books, you know. Um, But then to look at what could I do to add to that um, variety of books. So, um, yeah, I think the early stages of kind of planning that out, maybe adding some characters, some of Ruthie's friends. And, you know, and again, I think your lived experience will um, come out in those um, stories because you know again being a child protection worker being a mom having all these identities intersecting I definitely want the books to be you know to reflect that and to you know to include mental health to include these conversations that are sometimes harder to have but on a level that kids can appreciate and understand 
Um, and just to your earlier point about um, representation, I think the other thing that, um, you know, as far as my kids and how they react to Ruthie's reading room, um, again, as I mentioned, you know, their school is primarily white. And I think it was a couple of weeks ago, my daughter, who's four now, and is just in JK, um, we we're just in the car and she said, mommy, I said, yeah, <laughs> she's like, I'm the only kid who has brown skin. And I was like, okay, and how do you feel about that? And she's like, I'm okay. And I was like, good. <laughs> I'm okay um, with that, mom. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, because sometimes I know growing up, I too was one of a few um, people of color in my school. And I, it was kind of, I was fine too, but I think it was later on in life that I realized that I wasn't white. Like, because everyone is, you know, friends and we all get along. But I think my identity was almost lost because I didn't notice a difference on a good note, like no one was mean to me, but on kind of that other side of things, I was like, huh, I didn't know I was black for the longest time. Um, and I think the fact that she's realizing that too, and my son has been through that too, and talks about that and Black History Month comes around and then everyone's kind of looking at him like, oh, that's you kind of thing. So, you know, just kind of a different response between even the two kids on how they perceive themselves and how they represent themselves but again to tie to the channel that gives them that outlet and they say oh yeah I noticed that the kid you know the characters in the book look like me mom and I know that hey that mom is like you um, so again I think that's where again a mom's heart <laughs> just kind of explodes yeah. it's like yes this is connecting to my own kids so I, I trust it's connecting to other kids who are diverse and see themselves in the books. Mm, I love that perspective. And we consume so much media and even children do, as you've mentioned, that, you know, there's a lot of competing negative images out there. And I love that your channel is so positive and such a celebration of diversity and inclusion that, you know, it, there needs to be a balance in the world, let's be honest. And That's I'm not right. sure we can, we, we're fighting for the balance here. Yes. What we're doing, right. And like believing that and knowing that this is making a lasting impact in ways that maybe you will never know. And That's you don't right. know who's watching. I mean, you can see the number of subscribers and how many views, but you know, at that every single view and subscriber represents someone who, um, you know, who needed that that day subconsciously or consciously. And so what a gift you're giving the world, Michelle. Let me put you on the spot here just as we're wrapping up. Is there a great book right now that you can recommend, perhaps it's one of your recent reads on the YouTube channel that uh, if folks are looking to, let's say, diversify their home libraries, um, that you might you know, suggest that they go up and go up and pick up this book, get started, and make sure you continue to create you know, a, 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 a library that is inclusive, but also is representative so that our kids grow up with that worldview. Anything that you might suggest? Top of mind. <laughs> um, I love the book Timeless Love. It's written by Julie Thompson. Again, she's a, a Black Canadian author. So, I mean, two checks there, a Canadian <laughs> and a Black author. <laughs> I, I love to support um, Canadian as well. Um, so that's a, a wonderful book. Great pictures. It will really engage with the, the kids and they'll, it'll draw them in. And it's a great story um, about a single mom to, to a little boy and the love that she has for, 
for her son. And then mm-hmm. when a new partner comes in the picture and what does that look like? So it's, it's a really nice story. Awesome. We'll link to that directly in the show notes since you've recommended it. And so if anyone's looking to start their library or like I said, diversify starting today, go ahead, click the show notes um, for that book. Then also, Michelle, let us know where people can go to find out more about Ruthie's Reading Room. For sure. So you can find me at Ruthie's Reading Room on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, on YouTube, search Ruthie's Reading Room and you'll see the channel. And don't forget to subscribe. Absolutely. Subscribe (laughs) and like and leave positive comments. Share the love. We're going to link to Ruthie's Reading Room, of course, and all of those links in the show notes as well. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your heart today and for stepping into this role that you didn't know what it was going to look like, but (laughs) good things are happening and there's no telling where it's going to lead. And so I know you're making a huge impact. Thanks so much as well for being a part of today's show. Didn't that conversation make you just want to grab a blanket and curl up with your favorite book? I think I'll be doing that right after I finish recording today's show. Michelle's passion for what she does is so clear and I love that she's building her message using YouTube as her purpose-driven platform. So as promised, here are my top 10 takeaways from today's conversation with Michelle. Number one, don't wait for someone else to step up and solve the problems you see in the world. Make a bold move and do it yourself. Number two, start messy. Don't worry about getting it perfect the first time. Number three, representation matters because it allows us to see ourselves in the world around us. Number four, when you take on a new challenge, be sure to draw on the strength of your own network to help you get the job done. Number five, don't worry about knowing how it's all gonna turn out ahead of time. Just make that first move. Number six, remember that everything is figureoutable, to quote Marie Forleo. There's nothing we can't learn on the internet or ask someone in our network. Number seven, choose the platform that's right for you and then go all in. Number eight, show up consistently and create quality content to ensure steady growth and customer loyalty. Number nine, there's always a steep learning curve when we try something new. Do it anyway. And number 10, infusing our lives with diverse voices will help us create a more inclusive and respectful worldview. So thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, why not let us know? Tag us on Instagram or Facebook or send us a direct message. We would love to hear your feedback. Until next time, keep owning your story, following your purpose, and raising your voice because the world is waiting to hear your story. Thank you.